0: everybody welcome back to another episode of what's brewing i'm your host chris nosick joined as always every episode here joined by my co-host the legendary dominic tiano dom how are you this week
1: great doing fantastic i'm tired of winter even though it started two days ago enough is enough of this crap
0: yeah i don't mind the cold it's the snow that i hate can't get ice without cold but I could deal without having to, you know, shovel off six inches of snow from my car.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I'm already, the tired, enough. Ends, the better.
0: I'm already tired enough and I don't want to go to work enough. I don't need six inches of no- snow to look out of my car and go, eh, not today.
1: <laughs> well, the, f- the funny thing is Friday after work, I was driving by the car dealership where I bought my car and my check engine light came in. So I quickly pulled pulled in and said, uh, when can you guys take a look at it? And they said, well, uh, we can pull it in now and see what what the issue might be. So uh, uh, they pulled it in and they found it something to do with the camshaft, but, you know, it was close to closing so they didn't have enough time and it may end up turning out they have to pull the top of the engine out because the camshaft timing was out. Luckily it's covered under warranty. They didn't have a loaner for me, so they got me a rental and it's just a beautiful Mitsubishi SUV. So now I might be looking at a new vehicle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they make you fall in love with the new ones. They, they, yeah. they, they at one point my car, I have a, a Hyundai sedan, and uh I needed to get a new engine. It was it was covered and I got yeah. the rental, but of course they had to put me in the nice twenty twenty-three model and uh yeah, I, I still want to. you know. Well,
1: the the thing one. is, is my car's a Hyundai, but the the rental they got me, all they had was this Mitsubishi, so yeah, it's go. not even it's not even their brand.
0: So. Oh, I bet they love that. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, um, the Bruins, um, tough to keep up with. They're on the West Coast right now, going through the uh, through the West Coast standing right now. Uh, Last time we chatted, they had the lightning game and they've gone through. They play Colorado, Arizona, Vegas, and now St. Louis all on the road. Um, Let's look at this a little bit more in the the macro sense of the week. Um, Going three and two, not ideal, especially after the loss to Pittsburgh. So three and three in the last six games. Um, Some major injuries along the way. Lots of travel along the way. And oh, by the way, four overtime games along the way. Panic time or no?
1: (coughs) No. Okay. Um, Well, we talked last week, I said I would have been happy with NHL 500 on this road trip. and
0: exactly what they've been.
1: (laughs) So, um, Chris, reasons why I'm not concerned is, yeah, they have an issue with overtime in the regular season, but... Playoff overtime is not the same as regular season overtime.
0: Wait a minute. They don't do three on three and then a shootout? No. Oh. No. Oh, that's right. No, they'll be shut sudden death for four hours if they have to.
1: <laughs> exactly. So I, I like their chances five on five in overtime a lot better than I do three on three. So I'm not concerned uh, about it. Would I like a couple more wins? Yeah. Like, I mean... If they were 500 in overtime as opposed to, what is it, three wins, seven losses, or something like that, uh, they'd be in a lot more, a lot better, comfort, more comfortable position than they are. They'd be last year's team. Exactly.
0: <laughs> but, but last year was such a fluke. They got the wins last year. Yeah. They're not getting this year in overtime. They're still taking away a point. Now, here's the other way to position it you just had four straight road games. All of which were travel involved. So you went from mm-hmm. you went across the country to Arizona uh, to Colorado, then flew to Arizona, then flew to Vegas, then flew to St. Louis. You lost Brandon Carlo, Matt Poitra, and Linus Allmark. You have Jesper Boquist playing on your top line left wing, and you went five hundred. That's a different way to look at it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm not concerned at all. I was concerned initially with Linus's his- injury, Um, but we know now it's day to day, the MRI came back clean. So, um, no major concern there. Um, Carlo is, I saw mixed news today that, uh, um, Sportsnet was reporting that the Bruins had placed him on long-term injury reserve uh everybody's like relax uh there's nothing on cat friendly about it but cat friendly really doesn't update everything until 5 p.m because that's when everything has to be into the league by is 5 p.m yeah so well well, yeah i mean then we're recording it's now 10 after five so um
0: i'm going to refresh twitter right now so we'll, we'll break it if it we'll break it live if it if it comes up that it's legitimately that he's on ltir um yeah. let, let's assume but, the worst if he is on ltir how worried are you
1: well that just means that uh if they're doing it now that just means Forbert's that much closer uh because really there's no need to put him on ltir until um they need to activate Forbert so is Forbert Brandon Carlo? No, but I would feel much better with Forbert out and or Carlo out and Forbert in uh when it comes to things like the PK and uh and having to shut down the last minute as opposed to having you know Matt Grizzlick uh or Mason Lori or Parker Wortherspoon out there with with uh Charlie McAvoy.
0: I will say this, though. Parker Weatherspoon is holding his own very, very well. He's well I'm, I'm not, but. Uh, I, but to your point, he's not Derek Forbort. He's not Danny right. Carlo. So, but, I mean, credit to him. You know, he is, he is doing exactly what you need your seventh defenseman to do.
1: Right. And I didn't mean to be disrespectful to him, but. I don't think you, know, you are. I just want to make
0: sure that we get it out there the right way. Yeah. Because you know, there. You know, the, the second you say that, uh, "Watherspoon lover" is going to be like, he's doing this, and you know. Yeah.
1: Now, I just want to say to people out there listening, when like uh, uh, about this potential news with with Brandon Carlo, if you hear it at nine a.m., don't immediately go to CapFriendly or Puckpedia, because, like I said, a lot of times they don't update until five p.m because that's when everything has to be into uh NHL head office in New York is 5. Right. PM that day.
0: That's 5. PM Eastern time. Correct. I just want to make sure for people out there that are maybe in a different time zone that it could fall at four o'clock for them or, or yeah. two o'clock yeah. for them. So that's 5. PM Eastern time. Uh, as, so as of 5:30, now you can go look at cat friendly. Right. <laughs> um, now we mentioned the Carlo injury. Do you think, obviously, to your point, with Forbert potentially coming back, LTIR part aside, do you think this team can sustain a little bit of time for Brandon Carlo to heal up? Is that something that's of concern for you? Um
1: no, I'm I'm not concerned because um Shattenkirk is playing well. McAvoy is really starting to play uh, some good hockey. So if you can go McAvoy and Shattenkirk and move Grizz over to the right, uh, which he has done before, then I'm fine with that. Now, Grizzlick is no um, Brandon Carlo defensively, obviously. Uh, but I'd be fine with those three on the right and then... Uh, you got Lynn Holm, you'll have forbert and Lorry on the left or waterspoon depending on which way Montgomery wants to go
0: I'm not that worried and like I want to know what the injury is before I panic you know and, and that was kind of my reaction with the Olmark injury my first thought with Olmark was one we don't know how long he's going to be out you can't panic right away um I saw so many people who were panicking uh, as far as you know, this is why they should have traded them. That, that that First of all, if you're on the trade Olmark train, now you're going to see what happens when you lose that 50% of your games being covered. Because the biggest argument for trade Olmark is you can only play one goaltender. Well, now you're going to find out what happens when you only have one to play.
1: Yeah.
0: And yeah. I, I, I think Swayman will do really well with it at first. My point was was you, there was no point in panicking until the St. Louis game on Saturday. Everybody knew Bussy was going to get called up because with Floorboard on LTIR, with the fact that you know you had a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit of flexibility, you could bring in Brandon Bussy. He's he's not waiver eligible, so you can bring him up in an emergency situation, put him on the bench, have him be your backup, possibly even do it for. St. Louis on Saturday. I'm pretty sure Allmark dressed that game, though, didn't he? Or was it still Bussy? I don't even remember who was on the bench.
1: No, it was Bussy.
0: It was Bussy. Okay. Yeah. Um, I figured maybe Friday there'd be a paper transaction in there to send him down for that day and then recall him on Saturday. But there was no need to panic until Allmark missed a start. And then before he missed the start, he's out on the ice. He's talking about a clear MRI. So... I'm not all that worried about it. I tweak my back getting out of bed. This guy goes on the splits three times an hour in practice. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not that worried about it until I need to be.
1: No, <laughs> and you know people got to stop playing internet doctors because I saw everything from a hernia to to um, a hamstring to. Uh, I heard- a- it, i mean the list goes on and on and on and then they're predicting how long it's he's gonna be out like i don't know why we play these games it's like can we not wait to find well, out know,
0: my brother's cousin's friend's uncle three times removed on his mother's side has a friend who's a doctor
1: i have the same but on my well, father's you know, side
0: I, i've got to no. know yeah yeah <laughs> I, You know, I've seen – I've I've gone up myself and, you know, tweaked my back. So it's got to be a back injury, you know, because yeah. I moved my left arm weird and, and that's what got fucked up for me. So it has to be the same. Like, they're built different. Chill. And, yes. and also, again, when you're playing a little bit of cap gymnastics, you're also playing a little bit of – because, like, right now, New Jersey, we're recording this on Sunday afternoon, a little after 5, as you mentioned. We play New Jersey tomorrow at one o'clock. There are three goaltenders that they could face tomorrow. They have no fucking clue who's going to be in that net.
1: Exactly.
0: So not only are you messing with the cap a little bit, but you're messing with New Jersey, a team that's still trying to get into it. And if you can continue that, you play Colorado three days, two days later, fuck with them too.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I, and that's one of the reasons bruins are always hot, so hush hush when it comes to injuries it's um you know like you go back to last year with the, with the talk about Marshan and mcavoy and gris and how long they were gonna be out <laughs> oh uh, yeah 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 it's like all of a sudden you're the opposing team you're going what He's playing tonight. He's supposed to be out another month.
0: Right. Well, and that's when they're going target his left shoulder. It's not a hundred percent. Meanwhile, he's fine. Yeah. You know. Oh, make lead, shoot at the glove hand. Shoot at the glove hand. Next thing you know, he's going to have fifty three saves because they're all going to his glove, and he knows where they're going.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and
0: hey. and let's not position this badly. Jeremy Swayman is twelve and three. <laughs> He's, he's 12 and yeah. 3, he's not playing poorly. Yeah, he's got seven OT losses. But you know what? He's still got a two four-nine goals against and a nine one eight save percentage. I can't say those are all on him.
1: No, you, you can't. Uh and you could say the same thing about Linus's numbers and oh don't go
0: making sense now. Let's let's not be fair,
1: you know. It, we can swing this Swayman conversation in multiple different ways. And I think we should start about his comment about the all-star team and arbitration last year. And, you know, much is being made about his comments and I don't know if it's the conspiracy theorists in all of us, or most of us, because I'm not a conspiracy theorist at all. I look at it and say that that arbitration and what Swayman went through and what he talked about uh, during that interview is the single biggest reason why he's better This season than he was a season ago, even though the numbers might not
0: be right. And, and the quote, I actually have it here. He said, quote, after dealing with what I did this summer with arbitration, hearing things that a player should never hear, it feels pretty special to be in this situation. End quote. Now I, I, like he said, conspiracy theories up the wazoo and I find it hilarious because I think really yeah. ultimately what he's trying to say is is I hated dealing with arbitration, most players do, and uh the fact that I'm able to get to a point where I'm an all-star, I it feels great. I feel vindicated in having fought for myself, essentially. My value is there yeah. the way I thought it and was. I take. Go
1: ahead. I, I, I think the the part where he says hearing things no player should have to hear has nothing to do with what the Bruin said about him. It's like
0: it, it, it's
1: it's about the arbitration process itself that he's talking about that no player should have to sit there and listen to that. It's not just him it, it's the process and the way the process works.
0: I will say I I love the reaction, though, of people sitting there going, oh, if, you know, the employer disrespected him, this is him saying he feels disrespected and, you know, the organization pissed him off and this and that. And I just file that all under the same conspiracy theory umbrella, because Mm -hmm. yeah, it's it again, if you look at the quote, like you said, he's saying arbitration sucks it's it's part of the collective bargaining agreement. It's what makes this, it's part of the business side of this. It sucks. I don't want to have to do it again. But at the same time, I went through some shit over the summer. Now I'm an all-star. It feels pretty damn good.
1: Yeah. And just, just when he's eligible to sign a new contract as of exactly two weeks ago today.
0: Exactly. It
1: could just be a negotiating ploy. As well, um,
0: I wouldn't be surprised if it is, and and I mean, you know, we were talking a little bit about it on our last show. What's his next contract going to look like? And you know, I I think this gives him a lot more leverage in that negotiation.
1: Yeah, I I I think I think it does. So, you know, we'll see. But, um, you know, now's the time for, for Swayman to make a statement for as long as Linus is out or for whatever amount of time he's out, this is Swayman's time to make the statement. This is where he says, now, this is my team.
0: Right. This This is up to him. And now, the part that I think works a little bit against him is the fact that you have the two-day break between New Jersey and Colorado. because. I think Omar's back by Colorado, personally, because, you know, I mean, today's the 14th. They've got the game tomorrow. I think Swayman will take that one. And then, yeah, that basically gives Omar a full week off.
1: But I don't think they'll rush him, Chris. I don't think I don't
0: they'll think... rush him either. But at the same time, I, I'm just not sure that they, you know, I, I can see Omar backing up maybe on on that Colorado game at home. Yeah. That but that I don't like think he'll start. At. Um I mean, do you see them going and just riding Sway, looking at Allmark saying, "Rest, you'll be the number 2. Let's see what he can do between New Jersey, Colorado and uh Montreal, possibly Winnipeg, and then you have a back-to-back the 24th and 25th with travel. So is is that maybe when they circle back to Allmark and say, "We'll start you again there and just get back on our regular rotation. Let's see how the kid does."
1: I, I think if, if if Allmark is ready to go, good to go by Thursday, I I put him on the bench and I have him start the Montreal game. Okay. You I, I don't think you want to play Colorado with with a guy that's just coming off injury, hasn't played in a week, may not be 100%. Uh, you got to go with the guy that gives you the chance to win. And that'll be Swayman against Montreal. It's Montreal They're, you know, it's not Colorado. So,
0: and then that, you have to take next, which is a good matchup for Swayman as well.
1: Yeah. And if he's not ready to go, I'd even consider Bussy for that game
0: for Montreal. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I I just I'm curious to see because like that becomes more of a playoff schedule, you know, where you have the the Devils two days later, Colorado, two days later or three days later, Colorado, two days later, Montreal, two days later, Winnipeg, like that becomes can he be the workhorse? Yeah, I, I mean, Montreal is so weak this season. I mean, Again, like you said, you could even go bussy. Just, you know, thanks for traveling with us. Thanks for coming up in a dime. You know, let's give them a little NHL action as a thing. But I, you know, I I will say to to all the people who want to deal a goaltender, you're now going through what you would have if you dealt one off.
1: Yeah, but I I absolutely think you got to go swaying against Jersey, Colorado, and Winnipeg. That Montreal game is where you can give them a break with either Allmark or or
0: Bussy. Now this is where I would counter the people who are sitting because a lot of a lot of people are using this as their soapbox. You know, Bussy's you know NHL ready. Give Swayman the net and let him be the number two and da da da. Well, if Brandon Bussy's NHL ready to use that term, um, you know, and Allmark is going on LTIR in this situation. If Bussy's so NHL ready, why aren't you confident enough to just go back to the rotation, Swayman, Bussie, Swayman, Bussy? Because he's not as ready as you think.
1: No, no. And uh, he's had some fantastic games with Providence this year, but his numbers are nowhere near where they were last season.
0: Let me ask um, you this. If waivers were not an issue, do you think Bussy is the one who would have been called up? Because DiPietro would have to go back. No, it doesn't matter
1: because DiPietro has already cleared waivers. So he can come up for 30 days or 10 games and not need waivers to go back down. Or what's that?
0: So. The 30 days doesn't start until he's called up.
1: No, it's cumulative days. So he could come up for 10, go back down, then another 10, go back down, then another 10, and there's his 30 days. Okay? waiver so, level, people. Yeah. And and um, on top of that, I'm not sure what Busy's official call-up was, but as an emergency call-up, you can come up for 10 games, if you require waivers you can come up as an emergency call up for 10 games and not go be required to go on waivers to go back down as an emergency call up and i'm not sure if bussy was an emergency call up or not but it's irrelevant with him because he doesn't need waivers anyway
0: right well that's, that's why i was trying to put it as with the waivers not being an issue because part of why i thought they were looking at bussy was because of the waivers but at the same time You know dph was playing well enough for providence you don't you know you only want to throw one of them off yeah if possible and you know i mean bussy's been around longer he knows the system a little bit more he just made logical sense in that regard just dph or you can't ignore how he's playing down in providence right he hasn't exactly not earned it himself so
1: now uh an interesting point um Former Sabres goaltender, I forget his name right now. Color analyst. Um, he's he's of the mindset that if you if you got an NHL number one goaltender who plays sixty games a season, and your backup plays twenty two games, say your number one goes down for an injury, he doesn't want the backup automatically becoming the starter he wants the guy from the ahl who's playing regularly has played a lot more games has seen a lot more action come up to the nhl and get the start which is a weird way of thinking it in this I, case we don't have to worry about it because swayman and old split duties anyway
0: yeah i get it though and i know who you're talking about too um i can't i can't Think of his name at the moment, and it's bothering me because I enjoy yeah. listening to his commentary too. Yeah, um, French
1: guy. I can I can picture him. Uh, it's just was Dominic Hasich's
0: backup. Uh, I'm gonna look at it now because anyway, it'll it'll kind I I know this. Th- I've heard that theory before, though, um, and I I get it in the sense of if you have a guy who's starting 60 games. 65 games a year, and the other guys used to, you know, 15, 20 starts. Like, he's not amped up. The guy who's the everyday starter in Providence is amped up for it. Yeah. The problem is, is who was the last, you know, you're, you're talking three goaltenders in the league. You're talking to Connor Hellebuck. You're talking Andre Vasilevsky when he's healthy, and you're talking to Ilya Sorokin. Like, you're not talking about every team. You're talking about three four five guys yeah so yeah if I'm Winnipeg yeah I'm not sure how confident I'd be in Laurent Bressois becoming my full-time starter after you know Connor Hellebuck has started 40 games out of 60 yeah I would be worried I I, you know I would want to have confidence in my starter in the American Hockey League to step up that's why most teams go two three four goaltenders deep the third string goaltender is probably the most important position that nobody talks about. Exactly. Cause you're seeing it. You just saw it happen with Minnesota. They had to call up Wallstead. Gustafson has been hurt. Flurry has played okay. Overall, which shout out to Mark Andre Flurry for becoming number two all time. I'm pretty sure he got to number two the other night. I remember he tied Patrick a couple like last week.
1: Yeah, I don't know if he got it or not. I,
0: I I didn't end up catching that game, but I know he was going for it. Um, but still, just in getting to where he's at right now is um, just phenomenal. Um, it just, you know, Minnesota has it. Essentially, we have it in Boston here because you've got a Bussy and you've got DPHRO. And, I mean – Florida has it. Let's not forget that they still have Spencer Knight in the American Hockey League. Yeah. It's not for lack of talent either. You know, like um, the, the LA Kings, they, their number three was David Riddich. They lost Phoenix Copley for the rest of the season. They call him up and they go out and they sign Aiden Hill. Yeah. Like Aiden, Aiden Hill is their third guy now. Like what? This guy was just on Vegas last season.
1: Yeah, think about that. That's
0: it's 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 interesting. <laughs> you know, it just, it's mind
1: blowing really when you consider um Marty Baron. G- Marty Baron, that's it. Um you know, when you consider Glenn Hall, uh Bobby Orr scored that famous goal against back in in 1970. At one time, played 500 and I think it was 562 consecutive games as a goaltender.
0: That number is not going to be touched. Never I put it there. That, that is an unbreakable record because that's it. The position is different now by so much. It's just, it's not even, it's not even funny. Yeah,
1: it's, it's, it's just not feasible. That's, that's what, that's, uh, seven full seasons.
0: As I say, I was told there'd be no math. Hold on. Yeah. It's almost seven full seasons. Yeah. 82 games. So eight by seven. Yeah. You're approaching it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. So um, let's go to a quick break. We'll talk about some of the lineup stuff, some of the other players that have kind of helped kind of hold this team together with duct tape and and glue over this past week. And uh, yeah, we'll be right back. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Boston's got 3 games coming up this week, so definitely take a look. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 888- 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boothill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. cdkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. Welcome back to What's Bruin. I'm your host, Chris Nozick, joined by my co-host, Dominic Tiano. Uh, Shout out to our friends over at DraftKings. And, uh, you know, we've got a couple of interesting games here on this upcoming five-game homestand that you may want to throw some bets on for the Bruins. But uh, so... These last four games, though, are, are really five. We can we can throw the Tampa Bay game in there because that one happened after our last show. Um, there's been some interesting change to the lineup. Uh, like we mentioned, Carlo's out. Uh, Wotherspoon's kind of slid over and stepped up into that second side, the second right defensive slot. Poitras out. So you've seen Trent Frederick play more down the middle. And Olmark is out. Now, with the Poitras injury, we're also seeing some shakeup to the lineup, and Jesper Boquist was on the top line the other day. I yeah. have to say, I've been very happy with what I've seen from him since his call up.
1: I I have been pleasantly surprised, considering what we saw in the preseason, um, and even early on in the in the American Hockey League. So. um credit to him for sticking with it and putting in the work and not just going down to Providence and pouting and, uh, uh, and all that. But uh, it's going to make, it, it's going, Chris, it's going to make for some interesting decisions when that forward group is healthy. And, and that's just Pawtower coming back. Like, what do you do? Uh, do you are you more impressed with Lauco, uh, Bolquist, um, Oscar Steen? Like, I, I don't think Bolquist is going to replace anybody in the top six. No,
0: I don't think.
1: Uh, well, I, I we wish I should include Zaka in there who was out with, yeah. I, I think it was the flu bug, yeah. Um, and not an injury. So I'm going to be curious to see what it is that that
0: they do. Um, Do you think that Don Sweeney has the ability to pull the trigger on a deal at some point in the next two weeks? And the reason why I have the two-week timeline is because we also know, and we talked about it a lot on the last show, the nineteenth is a big day coming up this coming Friday, because that's when you're going to have more information and aftermath to deal with with Milan Lucic.
1: Yeah, um, no, I I do not see a trade anytime before mid February.
0: Even something to just move a guy out, a fourth line guy, an Oscar Steen, a Lauko, Boquist, Heinen, someone like that. Um, just to be able to deal with any aftermath of needing to get Lucic back on the roster or, you know, Zaka, you know, Patra's healthy, anything like that. Um, I'm pretty sure Boquist is still eligible yeah. with the 30-day rule yeah, and end game rule to go back down to Providence. So I think that's your first move.
1: Yeah, I don't see it. I don't see anything happening. Anytime before mid-February at the earliest.
0: So, if this team is forced to carry Lucic back on its books, how would you go about handling that with your forward group? Look, it,
1: I mean, it can it can be done. Uh, there's there's ways around it. Um, you can go with you can still carry uh, fourteen forwards.
0: And then you'd just go with six defensemen. Yeah. Okay. So who were you? Well, right now you're still only going with six defensemen. You got McAvoy, Lindholm, Grizz, Shattenkirk, Lurie, and Um, uh, But at a certain point, Carlo will either have to come back or Forbert will have to come back. So is that when you're looking at it? And, I mean, I think Lurie is the only one that's waiver exempt.
1: Well, no, Watherspoon still is.
0: Because he's on emergency loan.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. So that's two guys that you could send down. Would they yeah. mathematically be able to stay under the cap if they were to do yeah. that?
1: Yeah. Okay. The, the cap is not an issue. They can activate everybody with, with player movements. It's just not going to happen in a trade. And I know this is what I hate about video games is they've made trades so easy but in real life, it's just not like that. Everybody well, wants it. When, when the puck drops in October, everybody starts talking trades. When do <laughs> trades
0: happen? Trade deadline. Or maybe two weeks before. Or when a top prospect says, I don't want to play for you anymore. Right. But
1: <laughs> the Bruins are not in a position to give anything up of value to them. Because they don't have draft picks. No. And they're not in a position to take on salary. As are half the teams in the league. So uh, those deals don't happen until trade deadline. And I know you can go to Reddit or you can go to HF boards and you get a, a 150 posts a day about a trade proposals or you hear rumors about Hannafin uh, and, you know, uh, a legit reporter comes out and says no team wants to trade for him because they know he's going to go to Boston at the end of the year. So all of a sudden, Boston becomes the, the trade option. But again, where's the cap space coming from? I guarantee you, Calgary is not taking Matt Grizzlick or Derek Forbert. For Noah Hannafin. I guarantee
0: it. I, I'm i with you. I'm with you. I, I That's why I asked it the way I did. Do you see a deal in the next two weeks? I, no, I don't. I don't. I don't. And quite frankly, I don't want <coughs> one. I don't want, I don't want one either. Because I think
1: they, they came into the season with a plan. It was a transition year. And um, wow. next season was the season to... Get back into contention. You know the funny thing is that they're in contention, but let's not be blindsided by it. Or or,
0: with all of the flaws that they have, everything that you want, that you think (coughs) is missing from this team, they are two points out of the president's trophy again.
1: Right, but you you can't go into it with blinders. You you have to you have to stick to the plan because. Do you want to make an addition like an Orlov or a Hathaway or a Bertuzzi this year and give up what you did to get them? When well, you know your chances of getting to the ultimate prize, I don't care what Vegas says the odds are. Because realistically, uh, Don Sweeney and Cam Neely know in their mind what the what their odds are. Do you want to give that up to get those three rentals this year?
0: No, not with – what I'm looking at is you don't pick until the fourth round. You pick rounds four, five, and six. That's it. Next year you have no second, no fourth, and then you finally have your full slate in 2026 of all your draft picks. Right Now, one thing that I will give credit to Sweeney and his staff for is – They've done well in the college free agent market. They've done well in the undrafted free agent market. I'll give them props for that, but that's not how you want to build your team. No. And, and I also can't sit here and give shit to uh, what's his name down in Tampa Bay for giving everything up and going, fuck them picks. And then sit here and say, well, the Bruins should say, fuck them picks. Like again, you can't laugh at it for Tampa and then expect your team to do it successfully. It just doesn't work that way. Right. Exactly. Now, can you go one year like we are this year without a draft pick for th- the first three rounds? And yes. Then, okay. You know
1: why? You know why, Chris, the undrafted college free agent market is that good. You can do it for a year,
0: maybe two,
1: maybe you two. Can't, you can't You're pushing walk. it.
0: Right. You're pushing it at two. And quite frankly, where you go round one, three, five, six, and seven next year, I mean, you really got to hit in rounds five, six, and seven for the next three years. You've got to get somebody out of, you have nine or sorry, eight picks in rounds five, six, and seven over the next three years. You need two of those guys to be serviceable.
1: Okay. But but you look at the, the Bruins over the last couple of years. Um, Beckett Hendrickson, Christopher Pelosi, uh Oscar Yelvic, uh Don Mellis, um uh, even even Jackson Edward uh in the 7th round. Uh are all making cases for being the best picks out of those rounds.
0: Right. But can you bank on that carrying your franchise for building a no. franchise. Exactly. No. That's my point. Can you get two, three, four hits out of it? Absolutely. But at the same time, Jackson Edward could fall off next year and you sit there and go, well, he was a sixth round pick. It it is what it is. You know, like, or was he sixth round, seventh round? Seventh. Seventh. Ty Gallagher's another one who was a seventh round pick playing in college right now. Playing, you know, he's had good moments, but again, seventh round pick. You know, I, I'm not expecting him to take over and be my next Charlie McAvoy.
1: No. There's no. a
0: reason why he was selected in the seventh and McAvoy was a, first round, pick, a high but, first round
1: pick. But you don't need a Charlie McAvoy because you've already got your Charlie McAvoy for the next eight years.
0: True. I just, you're you're going to need bigger pieces at some point. And and that's how you build your team, right? Again, can you do it for a year? Maybe two. Sure, two is pushing it, but you can't live like that.
1: No, you can't. And, now,
0: and to your mind, point, you
1: outside, outside the first round, and part, part of the second round, there are more undrafted free agents in the NHL than there are from the halfway point of the second round to the seventh round.
0: Yeah. No, I, again, they, they've done a great job there. I don't want to live in that space to build my team.
1: No, you don't.
0: You want to be able to pull from there. You want to be able to pull late round draft picks and you want to have some high end picks in your lineup as well. Now, and I know a lot of people have talked about, you know, oh, Fabian Sell's falling out of favor because of this, because of that, and, you know, whatever. But I, I don't think it's as bad as people are making it out to be as far as how the organization feels about Sell. I don't think they're going to start shopping him. No. Like, I, I still think going into next year, he's probably, depending on what the contract looks like, he may be your DeBrusque replacement.
1: Yeah, I look at it like this. <laughs> um I forget what number he was picked.
0: Lysel? Yeah. Uh, uh but put up right now. Uh he was twenty-one overall.
1: Twenty-first. Okay. So <laughs> how much value does Fabian Lysel have? To the 20 teams that passed over him.
0: Yeah. Not enough that they drafted him. You're not going to get a first round pick out of him.
1: No. No. So I I think Lysell's value is higher to the Bruins than it is to the Bruins in a trade.
0: And it's not exactly like I said. He's not exactly burning bridges. He's acting like a 20 year old. Yeah, like you just you gotta let him mature a little bit as a person and as a player. And yeah, he'll get there.
1: I, I still, I still think when you consider the talent, the raw talent and raw potential, uh, even if you want to consider Lowry still a prospect, I still think Fabian Lysel is their top prospect.
0: I would. I can't say I would disagree with you on that. Um, and, and it's one of those things, to your point, like, okay, so let's say you do want to ship out Lysel. Well, you're going to want something that can help this team now, which means you're pinning him to an asset that devalues him a little bit more. You're right. pinning to a contract of Matt Grizzly, Derek Forbort, you know, fine, we'll throw Jake Dabruskin in the conversation. Like, you're pinning him as an asset to help bring in a val- – like, you're not going to do, you know – you and and what it, what does this team need the most well they lost Milan Lucic they lost the physical leadership and that type of stuff from the bottom 6 that's what they lost with Nick Folino who's doing a great job in Chicago who just got himself an extension but you, you you're not adding to the top 6 you don't have enough for that no so you, okay fine maybe a bottom 6 guy um a name that i like to go back to would be like an Adam Henrique type of player from Anaheim can play the wing, plays down the middle veteran on an okay contract. You're not getting that for Lee plus Grizzly. You're adding to it. And it's not worth the deal.
1: No, it's, I, I, I don't expect the Bruins to do anything until much closer to trade deadline. And it's going to be bottom-of-the-roster-type players. I, I, I just don't... I th- think they're going to stick to the plan and hope for the best this season. If yeah. they can win around in the playoffs, they'll be happy.
0: Yeah, I just... I don't see enough on the market being available even. Like, to, to suffice for what this team needs, wants anything like that. I'm, I'm doing a little, uh, a project where I'm going to dive deeper into who's available for, for trade, not for just for the Bruins, but overall across the league. And when I, when I look at the Bruins and I sit here and I go, what are their trade pieces? Like Anthony Richard, maybe Fabian Lysel, maybe. But again, if you're trying to bring something back, you're going to have to ship out money.
1: Their biggest trade piece. And I've no, I know I've mentioned this on three shows in a row now. Their biggest trade piece, uh, other than you know the obvious McAvoy, Pasternak, Marshan, is Brandon Bussy.
0: Which I don't disagree with, you on. I just I look at this team and I go, if I'm trying to help this team, the team that's two points out of a president's trophy again three points if 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 you want to go that far um do I want to swipe out my third string goaltender who I'm not even sure is capable of doing the job if all goes down if Swayman goes down I get it you have D Pietro but do you want to have just DiPietro, or would you rather have Bussy and DiPietro?
1: The point is, Chris, you know, everybody talks about, well, you got to trade Jake DeBrusque or you're going to lose him for nothing, right? Brandon Bussy is in the same boat. You've got to move one of Allmark, Swayman, and Bussy before next season. Yeah, you have to. Two That's have it. NHL, two are NHL goaltenders, and the other one requires waivers.
0: See, I how would, many
1: how many teams do you think will put in a claim from Brandon Bussy when he hits the waiver
0: wire? See, I, oh, I, I would probably say at least five or six.
1: I. I was looking at it this morning, and I was thinking 10 or 11.
0: So, yeah, the number, if I really looked at the waiver order, I would probably be able to come up with 10 for sure. Um, my my thought is this, though. Can't, can't you deal his rights after the season?
1: Sure you can. But um, when you're dealing a player's rights, you're not getting anywhere near what you can at trade deadline.
0: What do you think his value is if if you were to try to put him on the trade block and just say, we, we, we just want a draft pick back for him.
1: I would, I would bet my life that the Edmonton Oilers would go as high as a second round draft pick.
0: Okay. I mean, that, that's not a deal I'm shying away from. Because to your point, I'm losing them. Like I would do that deal if it was a second round draft pick for Brandon Bussey, because again, to to my point, yes, you still have D'Pietro, And if I lose Omar for the season, I mean, let's face it. I, I, as you said, this was a transition year anyway. Yep. I'm, I'm already playing with house money and you know what? We've had goaltenders come in, go on a hot streak and, and out of fucking nowhere, lead a team to the cup and be cons my caliber, and have everybody turn around and go, where the fuck did that come from? Exactly. And, exactly. And a guy like DPH was capable of it, just saying, capable of it. I mean, Alex Lyon practically did it.
1: Exactly. So
0: you don't have to be the best you know, goal center, you just have to be hot for a month and a half.
1: Or you have to stop the pucks that you need to stop. You know, it's it's as simple as that. Um, I mean, you you go up and down the roster. Who else other than the obvious is going to bring you a second round pick in a trade?
0: Not an, not enough players who I would want to get rid of. Like you said, the obvious Pasternak, Marshan, I think coil Zaka to mm, brusque. Maybe I, I would think could get you at least a second rounder. Um, Probably Frederick with the way he's been playing just because he's on, he's, you know, he's at a peak right now. Um, Geeky showing his versatility. You could probably get a second round pick, maybe a one for one in that, but like, I'm not dealing Poitras, you know, like McAvoy, Lindholm, Shattenkirk, Lorai. No, no, no. I I mean, if anything, I'm going to Shattenkirk saying you want an extension for a year.
1: Yeah, I yeah, but I I think he may have priced himself out. Same with Van Van Riens' take.
0: Yeah, probably. Um, uh, unless they really truly want to stay, they're 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 going to take a discount to stay because, I mean, someone's going to offer them some money. Yeah, and I mean, I I don't want it to be us, but at the same time. I mean, what's your cap on Shattenkirk for next season, given the way he's played this year? You have some you have some cap space. We talked about it last year.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. But, uh, you know, he's at – I mean, we're only halfway through the season, but uh, at this point, with the slow start that he had, I would say he's at least doubled it lately.
0: Oh, yeah. I would say so. Um Let's see who And else? you go
1: to Van Riemsdyk; he's probably tripled it.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and they're both 34, so I'm not sure I want to give them multi-year deals. Uh, someone else can offer them a three or four-year deal and let them deal with the the back end of it. Um, I mean, with how he's playing right now, if Boquist can keep up what he's doing, I don't mind offering him a contract again for next year. He he's an RFA, so he can get a qualifying offer. Yeah. Uh, and just kind of see if he can take, I mean, he's only 25 years old. You know, he's, he's, he's this year's Pavel Zaka. Essentially. You took a flyer. Yeah. Wanted to see what he could do. I think you're seeing some potential there. I mean, Boquist was, I, I don't even remember. I'm pretty sure he was a pretty high overall pick.
1: Now here's the interesting thing. On, overall on Zaka. And Boquist. <clears throat> like, we know how heavily the Bruins are into analytics. And not not just the everyday things that you and I can go to any website and find. I mean, they track their own analytics. Um, is there something in the devil's analytics that say, you know, we got to move on from Zaka and Boquist? And something in the Bruins analytics that say, hey, you know, we got to get this Zaka and this Bullquist. Interesting thought there.
0: I think with the Devils, a lot of it came down to because they had guys like Jack Hughes and Nico Heeshire. Like, Zaka was drafted to be a center for them. But all of a sudden, they get higher picks. They get Nico Heeshire and Jack Hughes. And, you know, like, now where are you going to put Pavel Zaka? You throw him on the wing. Okay, well, Jesper Bratt, they got Andre Palat, and they go out and get Tyler Toffoli. Like, now you're starting to fill up the spots where you thought Zaka was going to fill in. And, I mean, let's face it. The, the Devils this year have been absolutely decimated with injuries. Yeah. And that's, and, and to their credit, they're still doing well overall. They're middle of the pack when it comes to the league itself. But when it comes to the wild card race, like they're right there. They're one point behind the Islanders for the second wild card spot. And their goaltending this year has been, let's call it subpar.
1: Questionable at best.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Questionable at best uh, or subpar, like. There have been times where they couldn't buy a save. Yep, And they're still like, I don't want to face them in the first round. There are other teams that I worry about more overall, but the devils, if they can get in, they're poised for upsets.
1: Their speed is killer. Right. Killer.
0: And and keep in mind, they still don't have, and they won't have Dougie Hamilton. You know, Uh, he uh, Thomas Nosik is on LTIR. They've lost Timo Meyer, Jonas Siegenthaler. Like, these are all guys that are big minute guys for him. I mean, you know, we've seen our fourth line without Thomas Nosik. Yeah, he was just as important to their fourth line, but they I I don't want to say they haven't missed a beat without him, but I mean, if you put a guy like that back in their lineup to win faceoffs, oh boy, you know. Tom Thomas Nosick versus even Pavel Zaka in a playoff faceoff.
1: Now, uh, let's go back to Bussy for a minute. We're talking New Jersey.
0: <clears throat> oh, New Jersey would claim the shit out of him.
1: Yeah. Do, do you think New Jersey would acquire him and play him this year?
0: Ooh, what would they be giving you for him?
1: Oh, it doesn't matter. Do you do you think they would have any interest? cost is irrelevant would they acquire him to play him this season or do you think they would look for a bigger target
0: um (laughs) i don't rule it out i know right now they've just called up nico dawes um, and he's got four starts under his belt so far, 277 goals against, 917 save percentage. He had three starts for the Comets this year uh, down in Utica, 239 and a 929. So, like, his numbers on the surface look good, but it's a very short sample size. I and- know
1: Nico Dawes from his days with uh, uh, Guelph Storm in the OHL. Loved him. Loved him. But I guarantee you he's no... Brandon Bussey.
0: That's that's my thing, though, is I, I feel like they want to see what they have in Dawes first. Now, could they still go out and get Brandon Bussy? Sure, because they may look at it and go, Dawes is good. Bussey projects to be better. If he's available, let's grab him and make him compete because that's basically what you're going to be doing, having yep. him compete for the job. And if you have a good goaltender and a... Good, potentially great goaltender, and you say it's up for grabs. Who knows what the hell's going to happen? Yeah, you know, that's that's where good things can happen for you. It, it just I look at it and I go, If I'm Boston, is New Jersey my trade partner for Brandon Bussey? Do I want that?
1: I don't see why not. I like, I don't buy into this whole conference thing, I really don't.
0: Do you think you could get more from another team, though? You mentioned well, earlier.
1: Yeah, like I said, the, the the it's the return doesn't matter to me. I'm just wanting my my point for bringing it up is is to show that there could be a market out there for Bussy. I mean, we already talked Edmonton. Uh, New Jersey's another one and and there's more out there I, the return it's it's not the point i'm trying to make
0: fair fair i, I mean there, there's there is a market though and and yeah. you know
1: there could be a market there could be depending on what the bruins want to do if if they're having talks with jeremy swayman and he's asking for $7.58 million a year, and the Bruins are saying that's too much, they have to consider dealing him. Yeah. If yeah, they if they say, okay, yeah, we're in agreement with that, you're our guy, then they've got to deal Allmark. If it's the two-headed monster again next year, then they've got to deal Bussy. One of the three have to go.
0: Can you do a two-headed monster next year of Swayman and Bussy? though?
1: I don't know. Well, two, two, two question marks there. Uh, Swayman has never been the go-to guy, played more than 40 games. <coughs> Bussie hasn't played a single NHL game.
0: And And... Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the question. You're going to have a lot of people pounding their chest who are not in the room going, he's ready. He's ready. He's ready. And that's why I said, if he's so ready with this all Mark injury, y- if he's that ready, you don't fade away from your rotation because you have a third guy that you can just throw in and be the same thing. Right? Well, if if it's not the same thing, then he's not ready. Right. So and and I'd love to see how he looks, even if it is on Saturday. At some point, I, I you gotta see him in an NHL game. He he looked good in the preseason. He struggled a little bit at the start of the American Hockey League season. Granted, the defense in front of him had questionable moments, so it yep. wasn't all on him, and he's been playing a lot better lately. But I mean, you really don't know what he is at the NHL level.
1: Right. And a team like Edmonton or a team like New Jersey to make that deal in season is taking a gamble, just like the Bruins would be.
0: And, <coughs> and we got to throw it out there, too. Like you may you may have to take a deal on someone like that. You may have to settle for a third round pick because for a little bit more, they could get Dan Vladar. You know, Elvis Merzlikens looks like he's going to hit the trade market. Yeah, You you could see, um, ironically, you could also see a guy like Corpusalo re-hit the market because this isn't the ownership group that went out and signed him. Right. You know, you could see Anton Forsberg hit the market. You could see them both hit the market. There's a lot of other goaltenders out there who could hit the market and all of a sudden help plummet the value of, like, I'm not trading Linus Allmark if it means I have to take less form because the team looks at him and goes, well, we could take Linus Olmark or we could pay a little less and get Elvis Merzlikens. Right. And he's locked up for longer. Like, I, I mean, there's, there's give and take. and it, it just, it changes. Once you change one part of the equation, the whole Don't, thing gets... everything.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And people need to start realizing that.
0: And, and to your point, making... <coughs> hard i already used that title for an episode so i can't do it for this one but making trades is hard
1: yeah so um who would you say i i don't read trade boards and or stuff like that i don't even know if the athletic came up with one i know tsn did but who's the number one player available on trade boards
0: um i i saw there was one that went out not too long ago i'm gonna pull it up this one came from the hockey writers top ones are elias lindholm chris tanev and noah hannafin all from calgary and then I,
1: fourth, i've fourth, never fourth believed i've never believed hannafin was going to be traded
0: fourth on the board you have jake allen followed by caden Primu of montreal two montreal goaltenders um, I'm not sure I agree with the order, but these, these, this list of names is is kind of there with what's available. Um, beyond that, then you'll have Tyson Berry, Anthony DuClair, James Reimer, Sean Monahan. Uh, I don't know why Philly would put Sean Walker or Nick Seeler on the market with how things are going right now for them, but they're listed on here Henrique, Capo Kakanen. Andrew Peake, Adam Boquist, Anthony Manta, Pat Maroon, Tony D'Angelo, Andre Kuzmenko. Not a
1: very good list.
0: It's it's okay. I mean, the top of the list, obviously, Lindholm, Tanev, and Hannafin are are very good players. It just, you know, what's it going to take to get Lindholm out of there? You know, what's it going to take to get Hannafin? And to your point, I, I'm not sure he moves.
1: I don't think so. I've never believed it. Like, I, I know Bruins fans want to make this connection because he's from the area. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter.
0: I mean, they uh, make that connection because, well, Boston likes all Boston guys. So they've yeah. got to capture every single one of them. And then they complain that that's all they sign.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, but just imagine if uh, Mitch Marner all of a sudden demanded a trade out of Toronto.
0: Yeah. That's going to shake this board up quite a bit. Exactly. I mean, we we were all just rattled is the best way to put it. All of a sudden you've got Cutter God- Godier going to Anaheim in exchange for Jamie Drysdale and a pick. That I mean, that came essentially out of nowhere. Yeah.
1: And Jamie Drysdale is a damn good hockey player.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Maybe, maybe that's why they're putting Sean Walker or sealer on the block or something like that. Cause now they, they have the the puck mover that they needed in, in Drysdale. But I mean, there's, there's always the potential for, I would call that a hockey trade. There's always the potential for that, especially when you get a third team involved, because we saw it last year with Boston, Minnesota and uh Washington with the Orlov and um Uh, What's his name? Hathaway. Hathaway, thank you. Where Orlov basically came to Boston via Montreal for some salary retainment and all this other stuff. Like, once you start getting a third team involved, yeah, there's always the possibility. As long as the players make sense, the numbers work, something can always happen. But at a certain point, you got to look at it and go, it's just too complicated. And is it worth it? Last no. year for Boston. I, I, I I've work.
1: said it a million times. The cap oh. is never an issue. You can work out the cap. There are ways to make the cap work, and every team pays big money to have these lawyers on board to make the numbers work. That's not the issue. The issue is the cost to do that business.
0: Well, that's what I mean. Does it make sense? Is it worth yeah.
1: And how does it all fit into our plan? And I go back to the Brewers should just stick to their plan and not go overboard this year. Maybe pick pick up a fourth liner that can play this year and next year or, you know, a number six defenseman with some muscle for this year and next year, but that's it. I wouldn't be trying to make a big trade.
0: Well, and, and that's why I'm looking at a guy, like, when I say the target that I would be looking for is someone like an Adam Henrik, because, you know, expiring deal, veteran guy, can offer something, a little bit of versatility, but that's when we come back to, is it worth it? What are you going to have to give up? And and I know uh, I had an exchange on, on Twitter the other day because um, the news came out about Corey Perry being eligible to sign, and and someone immediately went, oh, you know, watch out for Boston trying to sign him. And I said, if, if you think Boston's going to go after Corey Perry, then you're not paying attention because he doesn't he doesn't add anything to the team other than potential problems. And these aren't problems that they're unfamiliar with. First of all, they're not going to add him because of the optics after Mitch Miller last year and the Luchich this year. They don't need to deal with it. That's one reason. Second of all, where the fuck are you going to put him in the lineup?
1: Precisely.
0: Forget the money. Where is he going in the lineup? Who's coming out? I, I have no idea. And then on top of that, if everybody's healthy, you have enough of a cap crunch. Assume health on everybody else in the lineup. Now tell me where he's going. It's easy to say, oh, he's going to fill in for this person because they're hurt. Okay, well, yeah, fine. Fine. Break someone's leg, now you have an opening in the roster. Woohoo, that's not hard to do. When they're all healthy, where is he playing?
1: I think reason number one why you still your reason number one is the only reason they're not gonna be interested.
0: There's there's no there's no fucking need. And and my favorite part was they came back and they said, Oh, well, you know, they would do it to prevent Toronto from getting him. N- yeah. No. Okay. No. Teams that make moves because they're scared of another team making that move, they don't win. Yeah,
1: they're not going anywhere.
0: You're constantly chasing other teams' targets. You don't have a target of your own.
1: Yeah. Let Toronto have them. That's what I say.
0: Well, with that argument, I'd sit there and go, then why the fuck haven't you signed Phil Castle yet? I'm worried 31 other teams might sign him. Yeah. You know, like. You can't operate that way. Could he offer something to a team? Sure. I I, I would think he'd want to go to a playoff team. Okay, you check that box. He'd want to get some sort of reasonable salary. Well, you can't really check that box off. You have no money to work with. And unless unless he
1: run. wins, unless he wins the grievance, then
0: then he may not worry about it as much. Right. Which we don't even know if he's going to file the grievance or it's not. filed. Oh, it has been filed. Yeah,
1: they're they're grieving the uh,
0: determination.
1: Determination.
0: Okay. Well, let's say so, you get that. Okay. So a league minimum deal, you barely have that. I'm not checking that box off, not for not for the Bruins. And then, of course, he's gonna want top nine role. You can't offer that to him. No, he's
1: not getting it.
0: So he's got two out of three reasons not to work with you.
1: Now, I think the Bruins have one. Of their, of their own, and it was your reason, number one, that they're just not even going to attempt it.
0: I wouldn't even they're, call them.
1: No, I don't. They might call his agent just because you have to keep that line of communication open. And, you know, you may have other players represented by that agent. So you... You always want to have that communication, but sure. I don't think it's it's going to be anything serious.
0: Actually, it's funny that you say that because I was just going to check and see who his agent is and who else they have uh, on their roster uh, with that agent. Um, they have nobody. Sweeney doesn't even have to call Patrick Morris, his agent, but he will. He probably will yeah. have a conversation. Yeah. You know, get an idea of what he's looking for. Because that. the other thing with that, too, is it gives Sweeney an idea of if there's anybody he's in competition with who may go out and get him. Would he go with, you know, Toronto? I mean, you know, that's just Sweeney <laughs> doing research.
1: Yeah. Or you make the call even to say you're not interested uh, or we can't make it happen. Sure. You, you never want to burn any bridges,
0: right? I mean, other guys that, that his agent has uh, right now, just to give you an idea, he's got Bo Horvat, Vince Dunn, Anthony Sorelli, Jacob Markstrom, uh, Travis Konechny, Tom Wilson, Dylan Strom, Ryan Strom, Ryan O'Reilly, like these, and he's Nick Felino's agent. So you have a relationship with them, you know, like th- this isn't a guy that you want to burn the bridge with but it's easy enough to just say, Hey, you know, we appreciate your interest in us, but at the moment we can't make it work. Yeah. Like the guy's going to call 32 teams to try to get his client a contract. That's his job. Well, 31,
1: 31. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So you might as well at least give him the decency of being professional and not leaving him hanging. I mean, that also could be an email too. At this point, just fucking freeze the roster. Don't make any changes. Just work with what you have. I'd,
1: I'd I'd be tempted to do that. I really would.
0: Like I said, I'm I'm gonna continue my project just to see if there's any names that that pop off at me. But I, I I just don't know if there's gonna be enough value add for them. So, uh, you you got any final thoughts? I know we're approaching a little over an hour here. You know, I I don't want to make the episode too long for our listeners, but. If there's anything else that you wanted to touch on, I know we've talked a, a lot about the, the schedule, the games, the losses. The, they're all in overtime. You're still getting a point. I mean, there's a lot more to be happy about than than you would yeah. think based off of what you see on Twitter, X, or whatever it is these days.
1: And just like we said at the beginning, uh, overtime in the playoffs is not the same as overtime in the regular season. And I would take my chances with the Bruins five on five over three on three anytime. So don't be discouraged by the regular season overtime record. I'm not. And.
0: In... No. And, and you've had four straight overtime games with travel to all of them. So like once the first one went to a shootout and then you have to travel to Arizona and that one goes to a, to a, a overtime itself. Like, The fact that you're then having to then 48 hours later play Vegas, who last time I checked, pretty fucking good. Then you go to OT again, and then you have to travel to St. Louis. Vegas to St. Louis is not a difficult flight, but flying at all right now is difficult. So then you go to OT again, and you're able to get the win out of that. Ironically, the win came in the last game of the stretch.
1: Yeah, figure that one out.
0: Like, like that's, that,
1: that's the one that's most surprising.
0: Like, I would have thought if you said four straight all on the road, those four teams, that'd have been like, oh, the OT win comes against the Coyotes.
1: Now, I- interesting thing. When when the Blues fired um Baruby, okay, and I didn't realize this until last night's game when they they showed a close-up of Drew Bannister. Uh I think it was when they re, were reviewing Hayes' second goal for the offside. I'm pretty sure it was it was that. And I go, ah, oh, shit, now it makes sense. Because you know how we talk a lot about goaltenders and, and Jordan Bennington, how all of a sudden he's playing great, like fantastic hockey. I finally put it together last night. Drew Bannister was Jordan Bennington's assistant coach with the Owen Sound attack in 2011, 2012, when Owen Sound won the championship and Bennington led them to, to, uh, the championship.
0: So they have history. Good They have
1: history. They have good history. So God, yeah, just clued into me like uh, last night and uh, I didn't put two and two together at the time but you know we always talk about goaltenders and how they're performing and you know we I know we've talked about Bennington before and his tirade sometimes and he's not as good as he used to be but he's playing some great hockey over over the last month or so.
0: Oh yeah. And the funniest <laughs> thing too is is um last week I sat down with Steve Forney of the uh Springfield Thunderbirds. Yeah, Yay announcer, and we were talking about it. Uh ever since Bannister got called up, the Thunderbirds have been falling apart. They're sub 500 without Bannister right now.
1: He's a great coach, Chris. Let me tell you now, he's still interim, right? They haven't hired him yeah. outright.
0: They haven't hired him outright. He's still got the interim tag. I have a feeling uh, that will probably get removed at some point. I, th- I feel like that's just a matter of time because he's they're doing well and they can replace him at the at the AHL level. AHL level. It just and and some of the guys in the American Hockey League right now, like St. Louis, is an interesting spot. Um, and I know this isn't a Blues pod, but we, you know we can touch on them a little bit because they're they're a team that. You know, let's look ahead a little bit to the offseason. They're a team that you can make a hockey trade with. If yeah. you wanted to. They have some guys that they're gonna be looking to to move. Like just looking at it real quick, uh, they have to pony up and either pay or look to move and get a good return for Sammy Blay this year. Yeah. He's on a million-dollar contract, so Playoff teams are going to want him. You can get a good return for him, but he's a UFA at the end of the season at 27 years old.
1: He's he- one of those guys. You hate him on the other team, but boy, you'll love him if he's on your team.
0: Oh, for sure. But they've got to do something with him. Um, Kasperi Kapanen, they could look to move him, although he was a waiver claim. So I'm not quite sure, but he's at three, 3- 3.2 right now. Yeah. Um, uh, Oscar Sunquist is another one. He's, you know, not blowing doors off, but for seven hundred and seventy-five grand, he's a depth piece. He yeah, a solid depth piece on a championship-contending team. And oh, by the way, Falk, Krug, Pareko, Letty, Scandella, all on defense. Granted, yeah. all no trade clauses. But I've never heard of a player waving a no-trade clause ever in my life, so it's never going to happen.
1: Unless you're Tori Krug. Well, yeah. Or Matt Sundin.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so and then of course Jordan Bennington. He may attract some some trade talk too. He's he's got four years left on or this year and three more on his deal. But with the way he's playing, you know, obviously you have to figure out they have to figure out what their goals are because they're they've got there's four points out from a play a wild card spot so they may find themselves looking to to add while shipping something out
1: yeah because i don't i don't think with the the players that they have on their roster that they could go full-blown um
0: rebuild no but it's one of those things where like they've already approached krug but let's let's say they look to move on from nick letty for instance he'll get you something in return yeah and free up about 4 million bucks so you can do something with that
1: what about pereko chris what, what now i know he's he's taken a downturn he's what's he at 6 million
0: 6.5 for this 6 year
1: 6.5 two more years right
0: no six more
1: six more Yeah, Um,
0: he's 30 now, and he wears a letter for him with a no-trade clause. I'm not sure he's a pillar that moves. I mean, I say that, but then you have attractive places like Tampa, Florida, Vegas. Like, those are all places that a player like that would sit there and go, yeah, I'll I'll waive my no-trade if they can make it work. Yeah, And they're not shy about making moves.
1: No, the Armstrong never has been. Although, you know, him and Donnie Sweeney, you know, we talk about uh Sweeney screwing screwing Yarmo Kukalainen last year in Columbus for for uh Gabrikov. <laughs> right? But Armstrong really pulled one over on Don Sweeney a few years ago with uh with um Braden Shen because <coughs> they had a deal done on three different occasions or sorry, two different occasions and twice Armstrong went back and said, uh, no, we need to change this for this. The first time Sweeney agreed, the second time Sweeney agreed, and the third time Armstrong did it, Sweeney said, no, we're not doing this.
0: Never mind.
1: You know because i remember being all over on top of that those discussions when it was they were going over and and everybody said i was out to lunch and i didn't know what i was talking about until six months later elliot friedman wrote a story about how Braden shen almost became a boston brewery
0: now do you have the juicy parts that you can share in what was boston going to be giving up
1: I, all I will say is, yeah, I have all three different scenarios and, uh, Trent Frederick was part of it and because he's the hometown boy that St. Louis wanted and there's one other player that's still on the roster that, uh, was involved in all three scenarios. It was a three for one trade. Two wow. players and a pick.
0: Well, that's interesting. And for what it could have been become. But you're talking about GMs feeling burned. I mean, Colorado, uh, Carolina and Philly, they had the D'Angelo deal last year.
1: There guys. you go. Yeah.
0: So, you know, it, it's never, <laughs> come, but, you know, it, it's one of those things. I don't look at a guy like Pareco and go, oh, well, you know, he's just going to get shipped out to Toronto. Like. Could a hockey deal happen in something like that? Sure. I I don't rule it out. You know, we've been blindsided too many times. Yep. Not very many people can sit there and say, oh, yeah, I knew P.K. Subban was going to get traded for Shea Weber straight up. Like, that shocked the world of hockey, too.
1: Yeah. It happened. Uh, You look at a Ginlet to Boston the the first time.
0: Uh, Everybody
1: went to bed thinking it was a done deal, including Jerome McGinley. And then, uh, nope. You know,
0: yeah. uh, All of a sudden, the next day, he's a penguin, and everyone's sitting there going, "What the fuck happened?" Yeah, it's like. And then he lost in the playoffs. That's called karma. Yeah. But any final thoughts to to round this bad boy up?
1: No, I think uh, we covered a lot tonight, Chris. You know, got to keep pumping these out. It's always fun talking hockey.
0: Absolutely. We got a good schedule coming up. 3 games this week. Monday, Thursday, Saturday all at home. So, sit back, crack a beer, open uh, open it up and enjoy those games and uh we'll be we'll be back next week at some Definitely.
1: point. Definitely. Definitely.
0: Go Bees.
1: Go Bees.